0: host Andrew and I'm joined by another guest in the studio she is a 2018's OUSA welfare officer I'm uh, very honored to be joined in the studio by Abigail Clark how are you going today Abby?
1: I'm good thanks how are you Andy you're yeah,
0: very well thank you thank you for coming along today at such short notice
1: <laughs> thanks for having me
0: <laughs> not a problem now of course uh, as the um, the OUSA welfare officer can you tell us a, a little bit more about your role
1: so all the, all the roles on the student executive have um, sort of two roles, operational and governance. Every member of the executive has to attend meetings and is a member of the executive outside of their assigned role as well. Um, so that involves, for example, this afternoon I'm sitting on the science divisional board um, as a member of the executive, not necessarily as the welfare officer. Um, we also attend meetings once a week as the executive, which are... Um, Open meetings, which are really exciting. We make decisions about um, OUSA, but also as my role as welfare officer, it involves sitting on things like HOEG, which is Healthy University Advisory Group, um, uh, running the Welfare Committee, which is a group of passionate students about welfare, which is really exciting. They give me direction on what to do. Running initiatives around student welfare, things like that, helping out with promoting the women's room and the parents' room and helping out with student support as well. So.
0: Fantastic. Now, you mentioned those uh, OUSA executive meetings. So I just had uh, MacDonald Paul Gourley in here, and he was telling <laughs> us that we should be heckling and stuff like that those, those kind of meetings. Of course, he's a life member of the OUSA, so he's, he remembers back in the day when, when, you know, all the shed body was really militant and stuff like that. But I, I'm sure that we can engage you in actually more um, polite and, and interesting conversation than just a couple of heckles. <laughs> I think that would be good. Yeah. Now, the um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, it's been well reported that mental health issues are affecting university campuses uh, around the world. Uh, What changes do you hope to see here at Otago to better support students?
1: We're already lo- doing lots of good stuff at Otago. I think it's a lot that people don't actually realise about Otago is that we've got so much good stuff. So, at Student Support, for example, we've got two counsellors coming in there now. So we can you can we offer counselling sessions at Student Support. Um, and Student Support actually helps you out with pretty much anything you need. So um, and often you can just go to Student Support and they might give you some advice on how to deal with any issue that you might be having. That's the thing; they're there for everyone and um. I think more people need to know about it because they're already doing amazing things. But we've also got um, Silverline on campus, which only started up last year, which is um, sort of a positive well-being movement, um, encouraging people not just to, you know... um, think about the bad things to do with mental health but to look at mental health in a positive way as in positive mental well-being and tackling lots of different aspects of that so last year they had a workshop called channel the chat which was about um encouraging people to know how to talk to people that are suicidal and a um positive way but also not putting that burden on themselves which I think was really good but they also had lots of little stress releases like throwing water balloons at at walls and having tea with bunnies around exam time so um, I think they Silverline addresses some and they had an amazing uh, festival as well last year Silverline addresses lots of different aspects of student welfare which I think is amazing. But there there are some things that I'd like to be doing this year as well. So, um, like last year, I was fortunate enough to attend a Suicide Prevention and tertiary Education Symposium in Wellington um, in October, which I'm really, really lucky to have gone to, and I've taken away some really awesome ideas from that, such as I'd like to implement um, having wellbeing messages on boards and lecture theatres when people come into lectures just to brighten the day hopefully and give some advice to people who might be struggling and at Victoria they've got restrooms on campus where you can go and just lie down for a bit it's really good for people with chronic fatigue but also those that need a bit of a break if they've got depression or anxiety so um, implementing things like that here would be really awesome I think.
0: Absolutely. Now, you mentioned something about bunnies. (laughs) (laughs) What was this? I never heard anything about
1: it. Maybe something I need to promote a little bit more. No, it was just um, they had a student who offered to bring her pet bunnies. And so they had a tea with bunnies. They just had people drinking tea and cuddling bunnies. I think it's pretty great. Like like our cuddle fix that we offer, but yeah, with bunnies yeah. instead of kittens. That's
0: pretty cool. I always see that there's such a huge line for the cuddle fix with kitties. Mm-hmm. And like I, I I've waited a couple of times and then thought oh I've got to get to class with things like that. So that's going to be like my well-being thing this year. I think I um, that and coming up to cuddle Charlie, who is the Radio 1 mascot. <laughs> uh, the beautiful dog who if you haven't seen her picture it's probably all over our website and things like that uh, one.co.nz now a couple other questions as well we have um, there is Thursdays in Black which is making a return this year Um, now if I'm not mistaken I believe Jan Logie started this in New Zealand and I'll have to double check on that because um, that could be incorrect. But because um, I think it actually started off in Canada and got brought to New Zealand. Um, so quite excited about this and the fact that it's making a return. Can you tell us a bit more about Thursdays in Black?
1: Yeah, I'm really, really excited about Thursdays in Black, actually. So it's been around on campus for a couple of years now, but um, we've had some issues in that it's always been very much driven by the welfare officer on the executive, and the fact is that I'm only supposed to work 20 hours a week and I often end up working a bit more than that. Um, I, it's just Thursdays in Black is such such a hard mission to tackle. It's got so many issues with it, um, and there are always prob- people problems that people have with it, such as, you know, it's a very sensitive topic to talk about. Um, aside from that, the, the fact is that the Welfare Officer just doesn't have time to run it. So for the last couple of years, the Welfare Officer has tried and tried to run it, but it often just hasn't worked for for circumstances outside of their control. So this year we'd like to take a more of a student-led approach to Thursdays in Blacks. So we um, were. pro approached a student um, Tanya who's going to be our Thursdays in Black student leader and um, I've been working closely with her to really get Thursdays in Black off the ground so you'll see us on Thursday um, at Clubs Day Um, we've got a wee table there and we'll be recruiting people to join our group so it's going to be really student student led we're going to have um, you can sign up as a volunteer or a leader and if you sign up as a leader then you get the opportunity to hold Thursdays in Black events yourself once once a month say once every two months just on your based on your availability and how many leaders that we have I think it's really important to make it as student focused as possible um because you know I'm a six year now and I'm 23 I don't know what the youngins want these days (laughs) so um, I think it's really really important that we make it really student focused so um I'm really really excited to see what's happening with Thursdays in Black these days yeah
0: Fantastic, because of course, um, I mean, these link into issues that not only happen on campuses but throughout the community as well, don't they? Mm Yeah, so uh, if you want to join up, if you want to be a leader, or if you just want to be a volunteer, Clubs and Society's Day on Thursday, which is either going to be on the, is it the university lawn? Um, I think or it's the on museum the museum lawn. museum
1: lawn or in the link. It just depends on weather, on weather. I think. But um, also you can just email me. It's just welfare at nz, And um, we're just welcoming anyone. I think it's really important to get as um, diverse a range as of, 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 diverse. Um, as people as possible involved in Thursdays in Black because, um, you know, then we'll be sending a diverse message about consent and about sexual violence on our campus, um, which is really important so that we can reach as wide a group as possible. So,
0: And it's not just about, I mean, it's not obviously in terms of talking about diversity if men would like to support this issue as well they can can't they? Of course yeah. And uh, it is about also men stepping up in our community and showing that this is an important issue and that it is going to be solved by all of us. Yeah. Um, Now you've also talked a little bit about the empowerment of minority groups on campus now that's quite interesting. Um, It is great to see that Um, The empowerment of minority groups actually enables more people to engage. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, so it's something I think that OUSA may have struggled with a little bit, um, and you can see that in – the ref- it's reflected in the kind of people that run for the OUSA executive. So as an executive, that's something we'd really like to focus on this year, empowering these minority groups to get engaged with OUSA and to hopefully run for OUSA as well. You look at, um, for example, Andy, I ran on a ticket last year and I personally wouldn't have had the confidence to run without that ticket. And we need to get OUSA to a point where anyone can feel confident enough to run with or without a ticket. Um, So I think it'd be really positive to empower these minority groups. So um, also it's really important um, going back to mental health and suicide prevention. These minority groups tend to be more at risk of um, mental health problems and suicide as well, so it's really important to do so. So we've got a women's room on campus, actually, Andy, that um, isn't often used very well, so um, I'm really excited to do some work with that this year. One of A uh, couple of the women on my welfare committee, Sinead and Rachel, are really excited to um, revamp that a little bit and get it a little bit more user-friendly. So that's um, sort of above the food court in the union building, so um, any woman can come and use that at any time. And just eat your food in there and chill out in there. Use it as a wee space to relax. Um, so that's really important. And we've got some interesting new clubs starting up as well. I hear there's a women's club starting up soon. So that'll be really exciting to see what happens with that as well. Um, and i have bet personally I've been a... Um, Queer support volunteer last year, so um, I'm really excited to work with a lot of these minority groups to um, see how we can empower them and how we can work with them to get more engaged with OUSA.
0: Because that's fantastic. Because I mean, especially with the the women's room, it, I mean, it, it's not only a place where women can just go and hang out and relax, um, understand that they're in a safe space. But I didn't click about this was that there are there are some religious groups as such that the only time they can actually eat is when they can take off their their headscarves and things like that, which they can't do in a normal environment. So they actually need um, somewhere out of the way where they can go and do that. And, mm-hmm. of course... Um, you know, I don't think we're going to begrudge that to anyone because we like people to eat because it means they can, like, have energy and things <laughs> like that. Um, so that's that's really interesting, and it sounds like it's a pretty cool space as well.
1: Yeah, well, I'm really excited to see what it looks like at the end of this year. It's mm. um, a little bit drab at the moment, but um, <laughs> hopefully soon it'll be looking a bit more exciting.
0: Ah, fantastic. Now, um, you're here in your sixth year mm-hmm. at university. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds like... You know each year is like a decade that is like amazing, <laughs> <laughs> but um you 're about to start your master's in peace and conflict studies mm-hmm. if i'm if i 'm correct there, so what drew you to that
1: um so in my first year, I was studying health science first year um, i didn 't have a lot of confidence when I was younger, and I knew that I liked helping people, and I thought my brains were the only good thing I had going from the the only thing I could contribute to other people. And um, I did health science first year, scored well in UMAT and got an A average, but I didn't get into med. And that really threw me at the time. And in second year, I started, I decided to do an anatomy degree to get in post to med. And um, but I started volunteering with the Locals Program, which is an amazing program on campus that provides support to first-year students not living in a residential college. So I started volunteering with them, and I started volunteering running a program called Conversational English as well. And through my volunteering and working with other people, I realized I was not too bad at working with people as well, so maybe I should be a teacher. So in my third year, I started studying a an arts degree in maths with a minor in music and um, really, really enjoyed that. But I was doing more and more work. I started actually getting a, had a paid position at the locals program, encouraging people to volunteer and running charity events and fundraising events. And I raised about $4,000 that year and um kept doing more volunteering i sort of added more and more stuff on on my third year as i went and um towards the start of my fourth year i realized that this teaching wasn't what i wanted to do anymore um i was so passionate about volunteering and encouraging others to volunteer and giving back um and i'd heard about the masters of peace and Confl- conflict program before and i thought that sounded perfect for me it's about um training you to work in a non-profit which is where i'd like to go to um So you can do your Masters in Peace and Conflict Studies. You have to take four papers and then you either do a thesis or an internship component. So I'll be doing the internship component because it just makes the most sense for me um, with my experience um, also Um, having a double degree in maths and anatomy it's not really prepared me that well for doing a master's in in a humanities subject so um, definitely better to stick with the internship than doing a research component I think and um, yeah I'm really really excited part of what I did um, over the summer to prepare is I did an internship with um, the Peace Foundation in Auckland which was really exciting so I'm yeah really really happy to have got in so it's a It's usually a one-year master's program, but I'll be studying part-time because I'm working at OUSA, believe it or not. And um, so I'll be doing one paper each semester for the next two years and then doing my internship towards the end of next year.
0: Okay, fantastic. Now, that sounds great. We've had uh, Abigail Clark, who is the OUSA welfare officer, uh, talking in the studio with us. You're listening to the Pillow Fort uh, on Radio 1.